Welcome to the latest episode of El Paso Talks, where the voices of El Paso are heard. Now let's welcome today's host. Hey, what's going on, El Paso? This is your host, Claudia Rodriguez, and this is my podcast, Unmuted. So this week, I want to talk about something that is that has been slowly but surely creeping back into the news cycle. Uh, we're seeing it happen all over again here in the city of El Paso, and I am talking about all of the immigrants that are in El Paso. So we could all remember... Um, Just a quick timeline last year, consistently asking the mayor to declare a state of emergency, declare a state of emergency. Mayor refuses, mayor refuses. Um, And it wasn't towards the end of my of my tenure when I was voted out that he finally decides to declare an emergency. Council wasn't very too happy about that. So they kept it just to shut me up, basically, um, while I was there. And then as soon as I was out, they went ahead and canceled that state of emergency. So now what they're doing is they are purchasing a school. I believe it's Moorhead Middle School or Moorhead Elementary, I'm not sure, where they plan on building an emergency shelter for migrants and also an emergency shelter for animals. Um, the, the part of the animals, you know, I do think that while the city needs to come down a lot harder on the policies that it sets to to keep people from breeding animals and to punish people that are doing causing harm to animals um i i almost feel like this is sort of a a temporary solution and let me explain to you why um when i went to school for architecture one of i remember this lesson very well and my professor was talking about space and you know when you have a when you're looking for a home you want to make sure you have lots of closet space right but what happens once you move into this home that you decide hey this is good it has a lot of closet space you fill up the closets and then you run out of closet space all over again um on the freeway from maybe Lichervino to Yarbrough we have a situation where they took off the emergency lane to create more lanes in order to alleviate traffic well what happened you built another lane and now that lane is filled with traffic and very similarly we are building a a shelter to house these migrants when the federal government has already done that and they are at capacity the ngos are at capacity and now we're going to spend money on building this shelter to house migrants and that will soon very shortly after being opened will also be filled to capacity both with humans and with animals and i don't necessarily agree that we should be housing these two in the same building i think it's kind of insulting that we're putting humans with animals or maybe even that we're putting animals with humans they each deserve their own space but i digress i believe that what needs to happen is we need to stop building more shelters we need to stop funding for more beds we need to stop it because all it's doing is it's dog whistling and it's letting people know that in El Paso we are kind and we are generous to migrants and so they're coming through El Paso and essentially that is costing the El Paso taxpayers a lot of money not only that it's disrupting our lifestyles it's disrupting 
our regular business. It's disrupting a lot of things and it's very unfortunate, very unfortunate. The federal government has lost their minds. They do not know how to handle the situation. They're making it worse and it's only becoming worse. Every single time they do something, they make it worse. Now they're issuing IDs. All of the, all the, all that this signals, like let's think about this on a logical sense, on a common sense level. Like let's not think about this at a emotional level. Common sense, you know, you, you, you build it and they will come basically. And we're seeing things that are not normal. We haven't seen these things happen in El Paso, in America even. You know, seeing those buses, I'm sorry, those train cars coming to the borders filled with people on top. I thought that was only normal in India where it's so overly populated that people ride their trains on their roofs and they're hanging off of it. That's dangerous. It's not because I'm talking down on them or looking down on them. That's dangerous. There is a reason why here we have certain safety standards and those are good things. And people riding on top of trains to come to America is not safe. It's not safe and it's not sustainable and it needs to stop immediately. The Mexican government needs to stop those trains and not move those trains or do something to get those people off of those trains. There's no reason why people should be coming on them. People are going to fall. People are going to get ran over. People are going to die. Earlier this week, I saw a three-year-old that drowned. A day before that, a 10-year-old. A day before that, an older gentleman drowned. How many people need to lose their lives? Why, for what? For what? They're coming here. They apparently don't want to be in El Paso, but hey, El Paso wants to be a welcoming city. So we're going to build shelters. But, you know, we understand that this is just a temporary stop for your final destination. New York doesn't want these people anymore. They're filled at capacity. Chicago doesn't want these people anymore. They want to take care of their own first. And it's just unsustainable i don't know it's not productive and most importantly it's not a prosperous immigration system although we probably i mean i don't know this is just the 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 opinion that gets thrown around that we've never had a good immigration system i don't know the parent the the immigration system that my parents and my grandparents and even my husband came on Seem pretty common sense, seems pretty rational, seems like it worked out. And now they're all proud American citizens. My grandmother, before she passed away, she became a proud American citizen. And so I don't, I don't, when people say it's been broken, it's broken, I don't understand it because it worked for my family and many other families. And what I'm witnessing now is what I would define a broken system. It's broken, it's unsustainable, and it's angering a lot of people. It is. And not because, oh my gosh, we're, we're so afraid. No, it has nothing to do with that. You know, I, I often describe this as... as uh, 
as it being a romantic thing. It almost feels like, you know, when our Congresswoman Veronica Escobar said, oh, El Paso will be the next Ellis Island. I almost feel like in her mind, she's fantasizing about this very romantic era of immigration where people are coming over on giant boats, very classy boats like the Titanic or and and they're coming and some of them are coming for the American dream. And absolutely, they were coming for the American dream. They were coming to work, not to come join the biggest welfare system that has ever been created in this country. They were coming to work. My grandparents were coming to work to build their legacy here in this country. And what's happening right now, I've said it before, this is not it. It's not it. This is not the immigration system. This is not a prosperous immigration system. This is not a sustainable immigration system. And seeing some of these immigrants where they, the majority, I want to say maybe 90% of them are young military aged men. And the reason why we, we keep using that description to describe them is they're there. They seem strong. They seem young and they seem healthy to be able to join the military in their country and be able to fight for their country. And instead, they're coming here. I don't know what's being promised to them other than come through El Paso. El Paso will house you and feed you because the people in El Paso will die if they see you sleeping on the streets. Like we cannot have people sleeping on our streets and we shouldn't have people sleeping on our streets. That should not be a normal thing because it's never been a normal thing. I know that other cities have a ton of homeless in their communities and El Paso, while one person sleeping on the street is one too many, we do not have that level of homeless people living in El Paso. And the ones that we do, we do everything in our power to get off into off the street and put him in the shelter. I know we have, we work with different people from Fort Bliss that are consistently monitoring the streets, looking for the veterans and trying to help them out. But seeing kids, mind you, I grew up in El Paso, going to Juarez. In Juarez, I remember going to Juarez. I remember seeing children, kids my age, younger, um, begging on the streets and walking into restaurants and begging for for change and and do and I remember it felt horrible like I remember seeing that and thinking asking my parents like why I don't get why these kids are not with their parents I don't get why these kids are are look the way they do they they look really poor and really dirty I, I didn't understand it I didn't understand poverty when I was a little girl And now that I'm an adult, you know, I've realized how blessed we are here in the United States that we don't have that level of poverty or that we don't allow for our children to be begging in the streets. Like no matter how hard a family may be struggling, um, I think this country is, is very generous in helping and, and and that's why we've created created these welfare systems and they have been meant to be safe, safety nets 
And I think that they have evolved into um, permanent solutions. I'm not sure, but I know that everybody struggles at one point or another. And it's good that we do have these these safety nets in place. I think that that's the way as a society we, we can prosper. But again, what's happening right now, that's not it. This is something completely different. It's really hard to put into description because it, it's just something I've never seen, seeing kids in El Paso, seeing them on the corners of intersections begging for money and trying to sell you bags of chips or bottled waters like when when it's 11 on or 10 a.m on a monday or tuesday morning it's like why aren't you at school it's very odd very odd and i don't know if anybody ever anybody else has seen it but the people that i've talked to that have seen it it's just very odd it strikes you very differently because you think where are the parents why aren't you at school this is not normal your brain cannot process seeing that and so i don't know the 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 reasons why people would send their kids on this journey and send them by themselves i can't i i can't imagine leaving my kids having such a difficult time that I rather them that I would rather risk their lives on this journey than me be with them. I don't know. Are, are they running away? Are they being forced? Are they forcibly being taken away from the parents? I don't know. And these are questions that the American people, if we are providing this safety net, this welfare system, we need to know. We need to know why these kids are coming by themselves and where are the parents and I don't think those questions are are bad questions I think they're crucial questions and I think maybe we could understand the situation a little bit better but but it's not and you know hearing talking to migrants again saying the same thing Joe Biden invited us over we're coming because of Joe Biden I get that that Joe Biden is the most popular president that has ever been elected into our country. And, you know, 81 million of you decided that this was our this was this person was going to be our leader. But never did we imagine that this chaos was going to happen. And this is chaos. This is chaos for every single border city in our country, the southern border, I should say. It's absolute chaos and it's not fair. We're Americans too. And we should be Americans first and we're not being taken care of. And we feel left behind and we in El Paso see our, our San Jacinto Plaza that we have so much pride in it. I mean, it's, it's this cute, nice, cozy little plaza that you know, forever it, it needed all of this upkeeping and we finally invested and we made it into this beautiful project. And I remember those days of the project. We couldn't wait. It couldn't come soon enough. And we're like, why is it taking forever to be complete? And there was issues there and there was problems. But you know what? Once we had our plaza, well, I think everybody forgot about all that because we were just grateful to finally have it. And now we see things happening on our plaza that that El Pasoans don't even do. We don't sleep in our plaza. We don't 
litter our plaza. We we have pride in our plaza. We love going down there um, at any opportunity to take pictures for Winterfest, for protest, for whatever reason. Like that's our little go-to place because it's beautiful and it's something that we're proud of. The history there. We all know the story of the Lagartos. Um, it's just not okay. It's not, and we we do feel as a community, some, not all, so I'm not speaking for everybody, but we do feel that this is not okay. And for those that think that this is okay, um, I, I hope, I really hope that for humanity, that you're not the majority because people are dying. Girls are being raped. Kids are being trafficked. And it's sad. And we're facilitating it. We're facilitating it by saying, yes, in El Paso, you know what? We're going to rent out all every single hotel bed out that we can. And we, when we run out, we're going to set up an emergency shelter at one of our rec centers. And when we run out there, we're going to buy an elementary school to, to convert into a shelter. And when that one fills up, when does it stop? When does it stop? I don't, I, I, being on council, one thing that was a very hard pill for me to swallow was, you know, when people would go call to the public or speak to the public and, and I had to hear people and sometimes I agreed with them. Sometimes I didn't, but I tried my best to always weigh the majority of the opinion, even if it was not the popular one. And and I would have my notes and I would I would weigh it out and I would go with whatever people were telling us. And there was some times where it was painfully and clearly obvious that people didn't want council to do something and council did it anyways. And so I just thought, well, why, why are these people wasting their time to come protest their government when they're just going to do whatever they want anyway? And that's what this immigration system or this immigration crisis in El Paso feels like that. It, you know, when I was on council, at least I was the one sounding the alarm and telling everybody like this is happening. And now that I'm not there, I'm pretty sure they're pretty grateful because they're pretty much able to maneuver in whichever way they, they want whichever way their political agendas steer them towards and there's no objection to it because I don't know they all agree with it I guess they're all content you know I want to remind everybody when I had a, a debate with with all the candidates that were running against me Fiero included um, one of the questions that was asked of us was like what do you think about this whole immigration crisis. And of course, I disagreed with it. I didn't think that it was right that El Pasoans were paying millions and millions and millions of dollars out of the general fund and that that an emergency declaration had to be declared and everything that I was saying and doing at the time. And I remember um, Fierro says, oh, I believe we should just follow the mayor's direction. He's doing a great job. And I just like looked at him and and thinking like, are you serious, man? People are angry. 
like people are angry but you know what i guess it worked for him he got he got elected so it worked it worked that he he was essentially kissing lisa's ass um but whatever don't really care about that anymore point is is that we need strong and bold leaders leaders that are willing to go against the grain leaders that are willing to stand up for what is right and just and not just what's politically correct and that's what this council feels like it feels like they just want to be politically correct all the time and they are speaking for for a minority um even though I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I see people, they probably, they're not paying attention. They get angry, but then they don't vote. So it's just kind of like you're just, you hold just as much blame. Like you're angry, but then you refuse to vote. And then you get angry because things aren't going the way you would want them to go. So if you look at at our voting in El Paso really quickly, that, that is a really big problem. People are not, they're not, making their voices heard because they very I want to say Mexican attitude like para que voto mi voto no cuenta no pasa nada and it's it's just that type of attitude that we're being beat and that's why all of this is happening so I mean again if you agree with everything that's going on right now and you want more of it then continue voting for your the leaders that you're voting for but if you you don't you know, I hope people will step up and, and want to do something differently. And you, I hope you consider those candidates because they, they, it's really hard in El Paso. It's just really hard to go against the grain. Um, and there's just almost, it's very discouraging to, to want to run and to be different because when it comes down to it, you know, people don't vote and it's sad. But that's what's going on here in El Paso. We all know it. I don't know when this is going to stop. I don't know what it's going to take. But I will say this. As long as we have the leadership that we have right now, it's going to keep happening. So everybody get comfortable with it. That's what we need to do is get comfortable with it. Either we vote these people out or keep voting them in and just eh, whatever. Be comfortable with it. So good talking to you all. I hope to be coming back soon. I will be on some of the news stations this weekend and I will be posting those videos on my social media. So please make sure that you like them. Um, As usual, if you don't agree with me, cool. Let's have a conversation. And I'm happy to discuss the good, the bad, whatever. Let's let it all out, put it all on the table and talk about everything that's going on in El Paso because this is our community. And we might not agree with everything, but we should care about it deeply because we're here. Talk to y'all soon. Bye. This has been Unmuted with Claudia, where we discuss the most important issues facing our community. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you love my podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review me on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Don't forget to let me know what topics you would like for me to cover in future episodes. Drop me a line on claudia at claudiafoelpaso.com. See you in my next episode. This has been El Paso Talks, a podcast about El Paso delivered to you by the voices of your neighbors, your friends, your family, and even yourself. If you haven't already, like, subscribe and rate our podcast.
El Paso Talks is produced by El Paso News. The opinions expressed are those of the individual delivering the episode and may not necessarily represent the views of El Paso News or the other podcasters on El Paso Talks. Find us at elpasonews.org. See you in the next episode.